Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? You really want to know? It might make you uncomfortable and you even sound a little crazy. But if I tell you, you can't go back to sleep. Here's the truth. You're under attack. We all are. Our children, our families, our communities. The saddest part is, they're only successful because we refuse to pay attention. For centuries, even millennia, they've conspired in the shadows and worked behind the scenes and hidden the truth behind cascading waves of lies and distractions. Can we be victorious? The fusion cell. I'll be your warrior guide, retired Green Beret Master Sergeant Jeremy Brown, with former Police Sergeant Jen. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But together, we'll find them. Now, wake up. We got work to do. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fusion Cell. I have with me. Captain Gabriel Garcia, this is the interview edition, if you can't tell. Thank you, Captain, for being here. Um, you have an incredible story that is very frightening to hear. We talk about 1984 and how it's infiltrated this entire country. I think your story is um, the epitome of that, a great example of that, and it should scare everybody. Uh, who's interested in maintaining their freedom. So thank you for being here to share it. Thanks, Jennifer, for having me on. And and great to see everything you do, especially with Jeremy Brown. I, I truly appreciate it. He's a great uh, veteran and patriot. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, just so that everybody understands where Gabriel's coming from, let me give you just a quick snapshot before we get started. Gabriel Garcia spent 15 years in the Army and earned the rank of captain. He was deployed to Iraq and was stationed in, the South, in South Korea at the DMZ. Since his retirement in 2018, he's been working as a general contractor with a successful business. He even ran for a Florida state representative in 2020. On January 6th, Gabriel went to the Trump rally and filmed his nonviolent entry into the Capitol, which included even offering Capitol police officers water. But since then, he can no longer work. He's on house arrest with an ankle monitor. The DOJ's made it impossible for him to work or live any semblance of a normal life as he's now on a terrorist watch list pre-trial. The FBI subpoenaed any company he did business with, including Chase Bank, Airbnb, Uber, social media accounts like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, even Toro, the rental car company. He's since been dropped as a client from all of those corporations. Local media even has been a large proponent of disinformation regarding Garcia, which has had severe consequences. He's received numerous threats, including being sent an envelope with a mysterious white substance, which attracted the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI, who are more interested in his J6 affiliations than the positive organic substance that he was threatened with. Being on the terrorist watch list, has prevented him from being able to seek even medical attention at a military base, which he's due as a retired member of the military. And this entire event has turned his life upside down. Is there anything I missed there? I know we're going to get into details, but is that a good summary? No, absolutely. Uh, covered it all. And and this story is not finished. It will continue to write itself. As we move forward, there's lots of ups and downs with it. and. And every day is a new story. Every J6er has their story to tell that should be heard. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And more people are getting arrested even to this day, uh, just even for being on the ground. So, but your your story in particular is really incredible. So you you spent time in the army uh, as a captain. You are a veteran. Thank you for your service. Thank, Thank you. you for protecting us. Um, and apparently that. I don't even know if it matters to the DOJ or they come at you harder because of it. What are your thoughts on that? I think actually the second part, they'll probably come harder. Uh, I guess I seem like a threat to them. In their eyes, they, they think I should have known better, even though, like I said, there was no plans or intentions to take over government. I had a return flight. Uh, and I'm not going to take over. 
government with the bottled water and the most powerful government. Uh, I wanted to go there just like almost every J6er that was there, just peacefully protest and have the right to do so. Uh, I would have never guessed in a million years that my government would have come after me the way they did for protesting. And like I said, I understand if there was further plans or or charged with terrorism, I'll just be quiet and be like, you know what, I deserve what's coming to me on that aspect. Not for for protesting and trespassing at worst. Okay. So let's go back to January 6th. What was your intent and why did you go to this Trump rally? Well, I felt just like many Americans. So I wanted to hear my president speak possibly the last time. And I could assure you there was no intentions of of being at the Capitol or being in the Capitol grounds that day, uh, at least from my part. And I know a lot of other J6ers have said the same thing. It, it happened in the spur of the moment when Trump said we need to peacefully march over to the Capitol and have our voices heard. And that's what that's what we did. Okay. And you are associated with or were associated with a group called the, the Proud Boys. And there's a lot of different ideas or uh, connotations. People think that that it's some radical organization. What was this organization to you? Because you were the one that was involved in it. Well, I, I was involved with it since 2018, which I've said before. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when I was there, uh, it wasn't a political per se, like very heavily politically involved. It was more a gentleman's drinking club, like they say, uh, pretty much once a week after work, you just hang out, talk about sports, uh, possible local politics or issues. Um, And that was pretty much it. It was more just catching up with guys and having a beer. And the funny thing is uh, a lot of the guys, at least in the Miami area I was in, uh, don't really even drink. It was more just the camaraderie and, and hanging out. There's veterans that are part of it. We just want to clarify, we're not a militia, mm-hmm. uh, not white supremacists. Like they want you to think, uh, I mean, my name's Gabriel Garcia. I'm definitely not going to be involved with white supremacy. That's for sure. And and that's pretty much the, the end game of what the Proud Boys are and what they meant to me while I was there. We, If you look at all the incidents, we have never set fire to any buildings, have intentions of overthrowing government like they think or being radical. We'll show up to prayer groups in Portland or Trump rallies where a lot of old people will get harassed by Antifa or BLM. They'll take their MAGA hats, push them around, throw them to the floor. I saw with my own eyes in D.C. uh, when I was there December 12th where they grabbed the flag from an older gentleman and they burned it. And the police DC Metropolitan pretty much stood there and didn't do anything. They mm-hmm. let it happen in their watch. Okay, so did you feel um, a need to protect these citizens that were basically being victimized by these leftist? I would call them soldiers because a lot of them are being paid to do what they're doing to stir up trouble, but let's just call them uh, other protesters. Did you feel a need to help these people that were being victimized? Absolutely. Uh, if you're getting harassed, it's not what America stands for, for your political beliefs or your religious belief, like the prayer breakfasts in Portland, then, yeah, that's that's not right at all. Just like I don't condemn if the left wants to protest, that that's on them. I'm, what gives me the right to stop them, even though I don't agree with them, to go grab their hat or or their Antifa flag or any of that stuff, It's that's... That's not for me to do. Right. Right. Okay. So you, you go to the Trump rally, you're there to protest uh, an election, which every, uh, and has been done before, by the way, in other years. And everyone has a right to do as an American. And talk to me about you. Why did you take your video out? What were you thinking? What, what was going on in your head? Well, it's more like a citizen journalist. I was just showing what was going on and the interaction between Capitol Police and people. And I I don't really have video from the outside because I showed up late. And by the time I got there, I went through an open door. There was no yellow tape. There was no fence barrier. There was no trespassing signs. 
you could see even per my videos, I'm walking towards the Capitol. And my first interaction with Capitol Police was inside. And you'll see in my video where the Capitol Police says to this lady, you could stay here and have a conversation, but remain peaceful. Never once was it said you have to leave the, the premises at this time or you'll be subject to to being prosecuted or arrested. None of that was said. No one so, said you're currently trespassing. And if not I not even you one. Okay. No, not once. And I have my videos. I mean, videos don't lie and it's not edited. So you, it's quite the opposite. You have the Capitol Police saying you could stay in here and have a candid conversation. Wow. Okay. And I remember at because I, I remember watching your video a few months ago. Um, you offered a Capitol Police officer water. Right. Well, I did. I did more than that. Obviously, there's no video for it because that's when I get pushed in my video. I actually helped that officer with four other guys. And I remember another guy being a uh, he had a Marine Corps hat on and he was a veteran himself. We helped that officer get back with his squad. After okay. the whole pushing of the line that people started pushing, I turned around and you could actually hear me say, stop pushing. Don't do it. Have you seen any video of that from Capitol CCTV cameras? Apparently okay. from that angle where it happened, because it's not a major hallway, there's no video of it. And nobody else had video because at that time people weren't recording since so they were getting pushed in like sardines. Everybody's phone pretty much holding it up goes down and you could see per my video. The same way my video camera went down. Okay. Uh, okay. So but he did. He did report it. At least he has yeah. it. When he got and it, it came as part of my discovery in the internal investigative report that he had to do, saying that about four people helped him out. And you can see clearly, I'm one of them. I'm in the front of the line where I start. I start from the very beginning, saying don't push. Was and that then, a Capitol Police officer or a Metro? It was Capitol Police. Okay. So he was not wearing a body camera. Is that correct? That's correct. I wish they were. Yeah, definitely. And then I have video that I found out afterwards. Uh, I think Julie Kelly or 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 the blade, not the blade. So somebody else must have released it where I noticed that I didn't have the angle because I'm yelling uh, traitors and I'm yelling traitors at a guy that's uh, pretty much uh, pointing out M4 assault rifle right at me as as they were pushing towards the line and i was scared for my life thinking this guy's just going to open fire on us wow wow okay so um help me understand this a little better you have one capital police officer over here very calm telling you that you can stay there and then in sure. another moment there's one pointing a rifle at you right because there's a guy that tried to break through the line okay and i, I said grab him and you could clearly see on the video i'm saying grab the guy that's trying to break through the line. I never said grab him once the Capitol Police grabbed him, like the prosecutor's trying to to picture it. And like I said, videos don't lie. You could clearly say, you could clearly see when I said those words. And words have meanings with actions as they occur. Okay. How long do you think you spent in in inside the Capitol here? I think it was about 44, 45 minutes. And half the time was, and you could see in my video once again where I'm asking for the exit. They made me, Capitol Police said I had to go upstairs. I went upstairs, ended up in the rotunda. I could have easily walked into other offices or gone anywhere else. Uh, I chose to just stay there. I sat down and waited there most of my time, the half the time waiting there for the doors to open. I didn't, wow. wander, I didn't wander around. I didn't go into offices. I didn't, and you could see in the video, I literally sit down for 13 minutes. I even have an older group came by. They said a prayer. And that was it. You were directed by Capitol Police to go upstairs into the rotunda. Correct. And then the prosecutor wanted to know why I didn't exit. And clearly they weren't letting people exit through the door because I wanted to exit. As soon as I saw a door and they, they instructed me to go upstairs and, and you could hear it. Like once again, videos don't lie. I don't care how much narrative they want to push. It clearly states it on the video. Okay. And so what happens after this? What do you get charged with? And when do you even know something's going on? Okay, so they raided my house January 17th, I believe. I had even, I'm one of the only guys I don't understand to this day. I, I was able to request the, the arrest and report for the task force that was at my house. 
apparently even Department of Defense, somebody from the military was there. I've been a civilian for the past uh, two years, so I don't understand why I had military in our own U.S. soil inside a, a private residency. I had Secret Service. I never made a threat to any politician. And as well as FBI with their famous bang at the door and three ACOGs, red dots pointed right at my chest as I'm coming out with smoke in front of my door. Okay. Uh, what time was this at? That was uh, 5.38 in the morning. And what was, uh, how did you get woken up? What was the first instance? Was it a flashbang? Was it a knock at the door? What was the first thing? Uh, it was a loud knock at the door. Like if I, I noticed they had, I have impact door, the hurricane doors. Yes. So I think it wasn't successful. And I just opened the door once I heard the big bang. And as soon as I did that, it was a flashbang smoke. I was told to uh, put my hands up. I could see through the smoke, the red lasers pointed right at my chest. And after that, just told turn around and follow to the sound of my voice with your hands up. And that's when they handcuffed me. Okay. And did they search the house? What was the next move? Yeah. So they, once they figured I wasn't a threat, uh, I told him, can I please get dressed? Uh, just woke up. Uh, I was just in my boxers. Uh, they allowed me to get dressed real quick. They put me again in, in the handcuffs. They started searching everything. And I told them, what exactly are you looking for? I mean, I have nothing to hide. And they wouldn't respond. And then I asked for the warrant, which I never got to. They took me to jail. They just left it on my nightstand. And they were searching all over the house. I, they, the only question they asked me if I had any weapons, I told them I have no weapons in that house. And and they're more than free to look. But I'm, I, I even asked them, I go, what exactly are you looking for? I, I mean, I'm not hiding anything. Right. No way you don't have to destroy my house and flip my bed and go through the whole thing of checking even my air vents. <laughs> like wow. if I was hiding, I, I don't know what they were looking for exactly. There was nothing I was hiding. Were you children? Uh, yes, my son saw everything, and at the time he was uh, nine years old. And I was more afraid that maybe they shoot him or or my dog or or something along those lines would would occur. And that's the only thing that kept going through my head because, like I said, assault rifles all over the front of my house, the side of my house. Then I was more worried that that they might think something and just start opening fire. What did that search warrant end up saying? What were they looking for? My phone, and that's it. And they found my phone right away because it was in my nightstand. But they still kept searching. And last time I checked on their search warrants, you know, if it's not on plain view or if they already have what they got, there's no need for the search to continue. But they Absolutely. went ahead and, and they continue opening drawers and checking everything. That's why I kept saying, what are you looking for? What's your search warrant say? They didn't want to tell me. Mm -hmm. they, they just told me, you know why we're here. That's all I got from them. They didn't tell me why they were there. Tell you the truth, I wasn't even expecting for J6 because I'm thinking, okay, uh, there was no violence on my part. I didn't steal anything or break anything. So I don't see why this whole show of force just to come to my house for this, for a video I took uh, thinking I was allowed to be in there. That's why I recorded the thing. I wasn't thinking anything of it. I was thinking more like Kavanaugh hearings or where other people have gone and protest in the Capitol. And that's the way I, I, I saw it. Apparently, the government saw it a, a different way. Okay. So what, what did the charges end up being? What's the very next move? You, you go to so jail get, after that? I, or, or what happened? Yeah, I got put in solitary confinement. And I'll never forget, by the second day I was out, to to make a phone call real quick and as i'm waiting in line uh these two gentlemen are talking and they're asking what you're in for one guy said for a second degree manslaughter the other guy said for smuggling drugs from the bahamas and when they asked me what are you in for i said i think for trespassing and they look at me they start laughing and they're like do you know where you're at and i'm like yeah prison they're like no you're in the 12th floor of the ftc this is where we house you must have done something way worse than that and i'm like tell you the truth that's all i know because I, I didn't even know what was going on by the fourth day i was finally released i wasn't even given a bible i requested it uh 
nothing. It was just a six by six cell where I was locked down pretty much every two days and allowed just to come out for 30 minutes. And did you ask them, what are my charges? What am I being held here for? Uh, they they didn't answer that. They're just uh, just cops that work there. I mean, they're that that's what their job is. Nothing to do with charges or anything. I did ask. And they're like, oh, you'll get your chance to go in front of a judge. Okay. So what? So did you get released, or they or they brought you in front of a judge? They brought me in front of the judge, and this is where I noticed we had a breakout room, and the public defender they gave me was saying, oh, I'm going to request for for house arrest. And at first, uh, I was like, okay. Well, and thank God this judge saw my record, saw who I was, and said, look, this guy's not a threat. Uh, he's never been in trouble with the law. Therefore, he's being released on his own reconnaissance uh, to his trial, whatever happens. So I got released a week later uh, that I hired my attorney as soon as I got out. He explained to me I got charged now with the felony of uh, obstruction of justice. And I was like, why am I getting charged with more stuff? And he said, well, just let you know. Then I had my hearing in front of uh, the judge in D.C., my first hearing, which was with uh, she took it upon herself. It wasn't even the magistrate. It was uh, the chief justice that sat on my hearing, which is uh, at the time it was uh, how. And she said, I still have the transcripts to this day where she said I was a threat to the community because of my service to my country. So she deemed me as a threat just for military training. And for example, unlike Jeremy, I'm not special forces or any, and even then, I mean, just cause you did that, it doesn't make you a threat to your community. Right. So I love my country. And when I, when I raised that right hand, I didn't ask, all right, I'm only going to protect Republicans. I didn't, no, I I stood up for all Americans. That's right. So what what are your charges now? Well, I have uh, the two. I got two felonies, which is civil disorder and obstruction of justice, and then four misdemeanors, which are the usual four misdemeanors, which is picketing, parading, trespassing on Capitol grounds. Uh, I forgot what the other two are, but it's the four common ones that that uh pretty much almost all j6ers have okay so that's um that was the basis for first arresting you were those misdemeanors correct it sounds like okay and then they added the felonies later correct about okay. a week later okay so then you get out of that uh hearing with the judge and is that when you have an ankle monitor was that the uh, no so the ankle monitor came afterwards about three to four weeks after I met with the judge uh, for DC through Zoom. Okay. So were you held in detention this whole time? You were held at the jail or did they release you? No, they released me after four days. I was only there four days. Okay. All right. So then they, they add these additional charges. Correct. It's a few, it's a few weeks later and then they determine uh, that you are a threat and that's why they, they need to put the ankle monitor on you. Correct. Okay. And so what happens after that? Uh, I want to say the first big thing that happened after that was when I hear the media, they went to my house, Channel 10, and ran that story where they said I fought with Capitol Police and that I was in Nancy Pelosi's office. It was a guy with a red hat like me with a beard. So pretty much they think anybody with the red hat, the, the MAGA hat, is is all the same people. And they ran with the story. I started getting threats at my business. And then a couple of weeks later, that's when the whole white substance happened where they send the biological white substance to my business. Okay. So the media shows up at your house on actually a false premise. They believe that you're doing, you fought with Capitol Police and entered Nancy Pelosi's office, both things correct. that you did not do. And that's they still correct. ran with that story. They ran with that story. Okay. And so now you start receiving threats. And Correct. are you receiving these uh, phone, email? and Mostly phone calls. My voicemail will be full. At, and it's like about the same eight, eight or seven people. 
with even threats to the president at the time, Donald Trump. And I'm surprised Secret Service and nobody took this serious, saying uh, uh, Donald Trump should, you should go with Donald Trump and blow each other's brains off and stuff like that. And did you report these to the police? Oh, of course. It's on the report, but nothing happened. Okay. And shortly thereafter, you receive a mysterious substance. Right. And I had people show up like in my office with cars and calling and saying, for example, uh, we know you can't carry anymore. What are you going to do now? And like, you know, threatening gestures. Yes. And stuff like that. Okay. Um, describe this, um, please, please describe this, uh, you know, envelope coming to your place of business, who opened it? What were you, what was your experience during that time? So my secretary gave it to me in the morning cause she usually gets the mail in the morning, came by the usual routine. And I noticed that was from Arkansas. And like I said, I don't do business with them or it was handwritten. That's the first thing that caught my attention. So I, I went ahead. I just got the letter, flipped it around, cut it to open. As soon as I did that, the letter fell. I opened it. But as soon as I opened it, I noticed powder was around it. And I I, I took it serious because you never know. So sure. right away, I, I told my secretary, you need to wash your hands and contact 911 as soon as possible and get everyone outside the building. I turned off the AC. That way it doesn't go through the vents. And did the same, washed my hands, so went outside, waited for for the fire department and the police to show up. Then the police got the, the fire department has their own hazmat crew that showed up and they came with the full suits, decontaminated me, uh, put me aside after it tested again a second time uh, positive and was told to go with them. I was in the back of an ambulance. They just took my pulse. Uh, they said I couldn't eat or drink anything. They and I just had to wait around as they cleaned up and cleared the area inside the, the office. You were thinking at this time that that was anthrax that was in that envelope. Absolutely. Okay. And what happened after you got into the ambulance? You Did you have to go to the hospital or what happened? No, they waited. Uh, I told them I didn't want to go to the hospital. I, I was My blood pressure was really high, too. It was more because I was just mad that this will be happening here in our own country. And I felt like, you know, after dealing with the FBI, that that it was put to the side just because who I am and what happened with with why I was being targeted. Okay. So luckily it wasn't anything that was to hurt you, but it absolutely threatened you, your business and your secretary and everybody in the building. We had to evacuate. Um, did Homeland Security, the FBI, did anybody from the DOJ come to visit you or even the post office to talk no, about this? No, no follow up that I know of. I think the post office was talking directly at the time with my attorney. Okay. But I don't know whatever came about that because nothing else came up about it. I actually had to go and request these records on my own. And that's how I got the police report. That's how I got the fire department to give me the report of the test because I wanted to know what it was. If it was really. And to this day, it just says it tested positive twice for biological. That's all it has it as. They don't put for what exactly, what biological agent or what it what it could have been. Okay. Did you ever speak to uh, Homeland Security or the FBI about this incident? Uh, when they showed up to my office, yes. Okay. After the fire department and and uh, even the battalion uh, chief of the fire department here in Miami-Dade showed up to my office. I mean, okay. it was a pretty big deal once yeah. they found out it was positive. Okay. What was the conversation like? Well, they, they 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 took into an evidence bag the envelope and the letter. The hazmat team came and gave it to them. Okay. And they asked me, because obviously they're not going to open it. He asked me, did you get to read the letter? And I go, yeah, it was just a one-sentence thing, a short note. And all it said... uh uh, you know, your your leg beeping and something along your Proud Boy or National Anthem or something along those lines. I don't even remember. I took a picture of it. I have it. I'll be sending it to you as well. Okay. And the FBI asked me, so who would, did you piss anyone off in your business or anything? I'm like, no, absolutely not. And it probably has to do with 
I told him about J6. And that's when he started questioning me. I told him, look, listen, I've already been arrested for it. I'm going through the, the whole legal challenge with it. So if you're here to question me about that. And he started questioning me a little bit more. That's when I got upset, called my attorney and told him, look, can they bring another supervisor or get this guy out of here? Because this guy's more worried about the J6 stuff than, than a threat to my life. That's right. Or, or to my employees. And I was pretty upset. After that, uh, I didn't talk to him anymore. My attorney did, and pretty much he backed out. Wow. Okay, and so no follow-up to you no. from from any any of these agencies? None whatsoever. So take me through then. So that's incredibly scary, uh, terrifying. Yeah. What happens after that? Well, after that, uh, I had to get an expert to come out and clean the vents and decontaminate the office because they only decontaminate so much the fire department yeah. uh, just to be on the safe side. My secretary didn't want to come back for at least a week. I don't blame her. And then after that, um, just dealing with other stuff, uh, came a couple of months later where, as you heard the story, I went to CPAC yes. uh, with my attorney and I didn't go specifically for CPAC. I went there cause I was there for another trial, which is the gentleman that, that's a death. I don't know if you know a story. I can't pronounce his name. Has a long name. The one that apparently uh, it took eight marshals to bring him down because he got up when they revoked his his uh, pre-release. And I went to his trial. And then in the evening, I went to meet up with another attorney, which my attorney was present with me and didn't think nothing of it because I've been to outside the district before and. And I didn't have a curfew, didn't have any restrictions or political events or anything like that. Obviously, I'm not going to risk my freedom. And my attorney said, yeah, that's fine. We should be able to go to because I, I told him about it. And and but I didn't end trust up going, your lawyer. Yeah. Trust your lawyer. Like they always say, mm -hmm. uh, he didn't say anything about going into the actual CPAC event, which I didn't go. I, I stayed outside. I know took a picture with Matt Gates and spoke to him. Go figure. God forbid if I speak to my state rep about right. six, uh, that'll be uh, something to put me in home detention for. And after that, about a week later, my attorney calls me and says, hey, I got bad news. We're going to have to go to D.C. They're going to revoke your your pre-bond, pre-trial release conditions and probably end up throwing you in the D.C. gulag. And I was in shock. I was like, for what? And he said, apparently, because we went to CPAC and I go, wait a minute, we didn't go. We sat down for three hours with another attorney. We could subpoena to get those uh, video footages where we sit down on a laptop and just go over motions to file for my upcoming trial. That was yes. that was pretty much what we did. And if, if they see video, that we're literally sitting down in the lobby outside the CPAC area looking at videos. Now, what would have happened if I would have stayed in that hotel? The reason I didn't stay there because it was already uh, booked because it it doesn't tell me what hotel I could stay in either. I mean, that's the only thing I need for the government to dictate what hotel to stay in, too. What did the government say was the reasoning for them trying to revoke your pretrial release? They said, first of all, was the, the travel method. I also put a picture because I used to live uh, pretty close to Mar Largo. And I had a picture, old picture of the Trump plane. So they thought, and it's on record, the judge actually told my attorney, answer the question, did he or did he not fly on the Trump Force One? No, I never flew on a Trump, Trump Force One. I drove up there. I have an ankle monitor. All they have to do is check. And they could see that's the slowest Trump Force One plane ever. And yeah. stopping stopping along the routes in, uh, in different uh, gas stations and, right. yeah. And Bucky's, for example. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't think uh, Trump's airplane is stopping in Bucky's. Holy crap. Okay. So, so they think that you're on Trump's plane. So right. the, yeah, the method of transportation. And then any is there anything else that they're a bone? Yeah. So they, they used my chat uh, against me. They thought, oh, because I said, luckily, I know somebody that's going up there for CPAC. So okay. I just posted the picture of Trump's plane. Didn't think nothing of it. And all of a sudden they think I, I caught a ride with Trump. And th that was the, that was the reason 
No, that was there, there was more to it. They said uh, that I used the pretense of going to the trial to use it at CPAC, but then I provided information. I did a, a podcast a week before, and I already had my plane ticket secured. I mean, uh, my trip secured, and I didn't even know CPAC was going on at the time. Put it that way, and I say this on record. I'm like, oh, I didn't know CPAC was going. Maybe I'll stop by. And and who knows? I saw the ticket prices and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to I can't be spending that money now. But we ended up meeting uh, with another attorney. Like I said, I'm not going to mention names or anything for confidentiality reasons. And we ended up meeting in the lobby and just going over motions. And that was pretty much it. And, and I saw Matt Gates walking down the lobby. I asked him for a picture and spoke to him shortly. And that was pretty much it. After that, prosecutor got a hold of it and I guess send it up to the judge and said, Oh, look at this guy, what he was doing. Even though my conditions didn't say it said in the district of Columbia, very clear, which my attorney explained to me, as long as I'm not in the district between 8 PM to 8 AM and in non-federal buildings, I'll be fine. And you weren't at any of those things. No, absolutely not. No, no. I didn't go around the Capitol. As a matter of fact, I don't even like staying in D.C. when I go. I usually stay across the river because I don't want any issues or anything. So I just stay outside the district. Okay. So they try to revoke. um, I'm assuming you were successful with that because you're you're still out. So they they ended up accepting that argument, which was true that they were not, not really. This is why I fired my attorney though the problem was when he got up there i noticed he didn't really speak up and say he was with me and the reason for it he did write it in the motion but you know if it fell in death ears it's something that should have been brought up in the hearing and and it wasn't that i was there to meet with another attorney which is the truth i even put in the motion to when i traveled up there and it never specifies what location i could meet this attorney I mean, that's something sacred when when you say you're meeting with another attorney, uh, unless it specifies somewhere you will not meet in this place or that place. Okay, I understand. Obviously, trust your attorney is the advice a lot of people give. So that's what I did. And once I found out what they were trying to do to me, I was like, yeah, I can't have this. And then he requested that I be in home detention. But then I found out the government was just requesting that they ban my travel, that that I won't be allowed to travel anymore. So in a way, he he messed it up even more for me. Ended up being in home detention. Okay, so now, so since then, you've been under home atten- uh home detention since then. Right. about eight months now. Okay. And what has you know? I just want to scale back a little bit. You were in the military for fifteen years. You earned your way to captain, which is not easy. Correct. You were deployed overseas. And now this is the reaction from you going to a protest in which you acted in a non-violent manner. You have four misdemeanors, two felonies. I can only imagine what you're thinking right now. Um, but please tell us, like, it's not know, just, countries going to hell in a handbasket, and what else? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. It's not just the uh, charges. What upsets me the most is that I'm seeing a two tier justice system play out in front of our eyes. Meaningful ceasefire for Palestine going on, and they were in the capital just a couple of weeks ago, and nothing happened to those guys. They just put them in zip ties, walk them out, take their ID, tell them don't come back. That's it. Or Anthony Blinken was testifying in front of the congressional committee about two weeks ago. And one by one, they were standing up with signs of Palestinian flags, ceasefire. That's picketing and parading. And that's obstruction of justice. So why are they not charged with that? Where's their, where are they going to go break into their house and ruin their family's life at 535 in the morning or put on a non-fly list or terrorist watch list? then I'll tell you the answer. It's not going to happen. They're not sitting in D.C. gulag or jails throughout the country. Uh, Clearly, a biased two-tier justice system. You're telling me that's not obstruction of justice? 
or that's not picketing and parading inside the Capitol grounds. Right. I mean, like I said in the beginning of this interview, videos don't lie. The American people are seeing it. This right. is selective, selective prosecution and they're getting away with it. What do you think? You know, a lot of people ask all the time, what can I do? What can I do to help? Do you have any advice in that? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, there's two things. Uh, first, continue to call your Congress and your senators. And I know you might think, oh, I'm just one person. They're not going to listen to me. But we're much stronger than that. In in numbers, we definitely uh, make an impact. The elections, we make an impact, which brings me to my next thing that I'm starting up. And I'll have a, a website up and running here pretty soon, which is one for six. In two weeks, I'm not going to be able to vote once I go to D.C. and found guilty. A lot of these guys are in the D.C. gulag and already been convicted or post-conviction. They're not going to be able to vote. So this is just going to start a fire in us. So for taking one of us out, it's symbolic. I'm making sure now that six more people that weren't going to vote or not registered to vote are now going to be making sure that they go vote. And that's what we need to do. And I think that's what's going to make a difference, because at the end of the day, we have to put Trump back in office. He's the one that's going to clean house and give the presidential pardons. Let me put a bug in your ear. Just yesterday was election day in some places. Uh, and in Pennsylvania, there were votes that were getting flipped. Of course, always only one way. Right. And they actually stopped voting there. So. I'm on board totally with getting more people to vote. However, the voting systems that we have in place aren't to be trusted. And how that's the we, problem. Yeah. How do we, yeah. how do we do that? And I'm glad you brought that up. I put in there too, how to report a suspicious activity. I'm also, I forgot to mention uh, part of the Republican executive committee here in Miami-Dade County. And how do you combat that? Simple. Uh, being a poll watcher, you're allowed to take pictures once that truck leaves. Uh, make sure you know what's going on. If you see ballot harvesting, report it right away. There's numbers I'm putting up on this website. How to be a poll worker, which is a, a great thing. By the way, that's another story on its own. I volunteered to be a poll worker, went through the whole training, and then I, they found out I was a J6er and pretty much told me I couldn't be a poll watcher. So and that is that has lent itself to other things too. I know I wanted to hit on this topic briefly. Um, that you were kicked off of Airbnb, the Toro Rental uh, Company, uh, Chase Bank. And so when did that happen and how did that all form up? Yeah, I want to say a couple of weeks after my arrest. I guess once they put you on the terrorist watch list and they subpoenaed all these companies for my records, which, by the way, that's what they did because I found it in my discovery. So those J6ers out there wondering how they got kicked out. Very simple. The FBI subpoenaed all these companies. And once they did that, it triggers them to automatically kick you out without an explanation. I went to Chase, had him for many years and asked him, what's the reason? Because they don't they're cowards. They don't even give you a reason. I asked them, what's the reason I'm being kicked out? Yeah. And they said, well, we don't have to give you a reason the same way you could pick another bank and not give us a reason. That's what I was told as an excuse, even though I knew what the reason was. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So it's just so that everybody knows, stay away from Uber, Airbnb, Chase Bank, which we should already be staying away from Chase Bank because they have close ties to Epstein that they've lied about for quite some time. Yeah. Um, Toro, the rental company. And am I missing any here? Oh, social media platforms such as yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Stay away from those. And, and How about Twitter, even Twitter. I've been banned on Twitter. Even when I ran for office, they even shut down because I tried to jump in uh, the other account I had that I was running officially for office. And I was planning on using it if I decide to run in the future for office. So talk about election interference. Uh, there's another another way to go. They shut down that. And then that was my my official uh, Twitter account for me running for office here. Okay. All right. So you have a website coming out soon. And can yep. you remind it? What's the name of that? One for it's six. Gonna, it's going to be one for six, and I'll send it. It's going to be the number one for six spelled out dot com, and that's going to give information you need. It'll take you to Trump's website. How you could be a, um, you know, canvas for him. Uh, be a poll watcher. 
how to register throughout the United States, depending or have links, a lot of helpful information. And like I said, at the end of the day, uh, I believe truly that's the way we're going to win this. And just because the judges think that there's no election interference, I could tell you for a fact, if you just look it up, since the Spanish Civil War, we have interfered over 89 times in different countries. What makes you think that that cannot be done here in the United States? Just think about that. Just alone in Central America, we've done it over 36 times. And and just look at what happened yesterday, right? People need to double check their vote also. So that's how they found out that the votes were getting flipped yesterday is people looked uh, to check how their vote was being counted and said, I didn't vote that way. Yeah. That's another good point that I'm also bringing up on the site that will show how to contact and make sure your vote is actually counted and how it was counted, which is the most important key aspect of this. What's your time frame on that coming out? Uh, probably here. I want to get it out and rolling by this Friday. Uh, it's been being worked on. I already got the logo, everything for the past uh, week or so. And like I said, help out these J6ers, especially the ones that are in prison. If if you can spread the word, please give to the commissary and also make sure to give these guys a voice, meaning if they can't vote, talk to their friends, talk to family, talk to neighbors at the grassroots level. This is how we're going to pull this off and and bring Trump back into office. All right, Captain, I'm a little black pilled. OK, so I'm going to put out a scenario uh, out there and help me work through it. OK. All right. For me, I always like to have a, a plan B. I know that, you know, there's some Hail Marys out there that do actually work sometimes. But if Trump does not, for some reason, get into office, if he's as powerful as uh, one would hope he is to drain the swamp, he could be the next JFK. Yeah. He could... Um, any number of things could happen where we could turn into Ukraine and not have an election because of this, that, and the other. I mean, we've we've seen some crazy things happen in the last couple of years in this country. If that doesn't happen, what are we looking at? Where where do we go from there? What tools do we have at our disposal to make sure that we are being represented adequately? Uh, and that our, we don't turn into a communist country, quite frankly. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, coming from the family background of a communist country in Cuba, uh, I could assure you that's one of the reasons I joined the military and said I would never allow communism to enter the shores of America. And one thing is staying involved uh, at the local level. It's not just Trump. It starts at your level, meaning even something as small as school board, making sure the right people are getting in. Uh, I was active on that here in Miami-Dade, which the left hated me for. I'll go speak. I was against uh, uh, the mask at the time. My kid, you know, younger kid, and he'll take it off and don't get mad at him. Uh, just stuff like that. And also bringing in America first candidates that actually truly care about America without special interests. Uh, I like people underdogs from that come from nothing blue color color worker that knows what it's like uh, those yes. are the people i want to see in office not the ceo of a major corporation or anything yes. like that and for the presidency I, I i definitely support trump and i know he's a he has obviously a lot of money but he's in it for the right reasons because technically at that level he came into politics while being rich already he doesn't need to, he doesn't need this and he stepped up and said, I'm going to do what it takes for for my country and put America first. And that's what I mean by America first candidates. People are going to put America first over their own interests, political interests, and anything that has to do negative against this country. Yeah, and any any foreign interests as well, because it seems Correct. like we're putting a lot of our money, especially, which means our resources into foreign nations and not our own. Correct. This, this country crumbles. You have uh, illegal immigrants getting health care while you have veterans that are homeless, for example. You have uh, San Francisco, where you see all these tent cities, and Nancy Pelosi's backyard continue to pop up. And none of that. People are tired. Look what happened in Chicago City Council meeting yesterday. They're, they're tired of it. They're all Democrats. Yeah. 
And that's why po the polls are showing Biden continues to slip. He's definitely not the right guy for for the job. And at the end of the day, that's why I truly believe Trump will come up on top and, and end up winning. Okay. All right. Um, now you've got a trial coming up November 20th. Correct. And can you describe uh, what this trial is going to be like? Yeah. So it's what's called a stipulated fact trial. Pretty much agreeing to the facts of uh, was I there January 6th? Obviously, I was there. Uh, there's video of me being there. It's pretty much everything that they have uh, and what they're going to use at a full-blown trial. So these are facts that will actually come into play if it was a full-blown trial. At the end of the day, what I want to clarify for stipulated fact trial, I still keep the right to preserve the 1512, which is my highest felony. And I also keep the right to appeal uh, the 1512. And not only that, the judge could still go in and find me not guilty based off the facts of the evidence. So it's not a for sure guilty. And that's another thing people don't understand. It's not like a plea deal where where you lose everything and you're automatically admitting to the guilt. You're just admitting to the facts. And at the end of the day, uh, just like a lot of other people, I feel pressured. If I don't go this route, I probably end up, they come up with more charges. And that's the way I've been seeing it. And Quite frankly, I don't feel comfortable even with the jury trial. I've been to two of these trials in person, and I've seen what these jurors are like. I've heard one of them during a break when I was with my attorney coming out of the bathroom saying, is this almost over? Can we just say the guy's guilty? And this was only day two of trial. It was a taxi driver talking to another African-American. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way in hell I'm getting a fair trial here. Or I did a survey, too, which I paid a lot of money for. Uh, for the change of venue. And if you see that survey, it clearly says about 90% of the people said just for being on capital grounds, you should be prosecuted and thrown in jail. And they still won't change the venue. And they still won't change the venue. Okay. So you do have a right to appeal after this trial. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And you've gone through, this is something that I've seen from other J6 defendants going through multiple lawyers. This obviously gets very expensive. As Steve Friend, the FBI whistleblower, says, the process is the punishment. Yeah. It's what, the, the process is definitely the punishment, dealing with, you know, multiple lawyers, like you mentioned, uh, just uh, dealing with the stuff of the terrorist watch list, yeah. uh, not being able to see my family in, in Texas and stuff like that. Okay. Definitely tears us apart. And and I, I actually almost forgot to bring this up, but um, you were even denied medical care at a military base, which you have a right to go to with your children as a retired military member. And what happened when you got to that gate? Uh, I walked in. They ran my, my military uh, retirement ID. They did a big uh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I knew something was wrong and they called the supervisor. He said, I will have to go see another supervisor into one of the shacks after they made me step out with my son, by the way, and check the car out. Now, if I had explosives under it, then I uh, went to talk to somebody. Then the, the guy said, don't worry, we'll we'll get this taken care of. It's happened before. You're probably on the by accident on the terrorist watch list. And I told them, pulled them aside. I go, I could assure you it's not by accident. And he asked me, what do you mean? I had to be, you know, quite frank with him and told him the truth. Look, I'm a J6er going now through through the legal process. And I believe that's what I didn't know it affected my military benefit of coming into a military base. And he said, yeah, if that's the case, then, yeah, you, you're not going to be allowed in here. So that was the first time that you had tried to get onto a military base since January 6th. Correct. Okay. And you were sick or your children were sick? I was sick. Okay. And so while you're while you're standing there, what kinds of uh, rigmarole did they put you through? I had they to. Denied you. Well, I had to wait. They still checked my ID, make sure I didn't have a warrant since I was already there. So even if I wanted to leave, I couldn't leave at that point. 
I asked them, am I being detained for something? And they just said, no, it's just uh, we have to further investigate. And then about 15 minutes later, they came back and gave me my ID and told me, yeah. I asked him, what am I supposed to do then if for medical? He's like, well, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you're going to have to figure that one out or call TRICARE or which is insurance. So I ended up going and paying out of pocket to a, to a local uh, clinic there. And this is El Paso, Texas, by the way, where you have illegal immigrants getting full care and Obama phones and free clothes and all the stuff they give them when they come in. But I mean, you know, you're you're a domestic terrorist. Oh, I guess that's right. Yeah. I flew I flew out of El Paso, Texas, and I counted over 37 illegals, by the way, that they don't have any ID. All they give them because I asked the customs agent that was with the TSA, how do they get to fly? And they said they have a court. I noticed they kept giving a paper and they have a court given paper that they use as documentation that they have to wait for trial that the immigration, federal immigration uh, judge gives them. Meanwhile, you're getting checked. For an hour and a half, waiting for Homeland Security to give uh, authorization for me to get on that plane while 37 middle-aged men just walk in. Okay. Very disturbing to hear. Um, Even though the government has everything on me from my DNA, I mean, I served pretty much half my life to this country. So they know everything more about me than I do. I held the top secret clearance and we don't know who these guys are. They just come in and they're waving them right through the TSA line. They don't get checked the way I did. And, and all they do is go in with the Salvation Army and Red Cross plastic bag. And that's what they were all carrying. How can people help you? Well, I have my Gibson Go, which is Captain Gabriel Garcia at Gibson Go. And another way I tell people to help is also please if you could contact Congress, uh, a senator, let them know what's going on uh, with the J6ers and to do more. I, I continue to implore that they look into a real J6 committee, not that J6 committee that they had that I think it was a sham. I want a real bipartisan J6 committee. And release the tapes. And release the tapes, of course. That's one thing that continues to get pushed back. Okay. So on the 20th, what are you expecting here? Is this going to be a multiple day trial? And um, when is, you know, hopefully we get not guilties across the board. Right? Yeah, obviously it's, it's okay to, to dream and pray for a miracle. But unfortunately, I know in my heart that's not going to happen. Uh, at the end of the day, um, I feel even if I went the jury trial route, I'll be found guilty in all of them. Uh, just the way the jury's been going, they deliberate for about an hour, hour and a half, and they just come back that fast. At least the judge will take his time or have done the research already by the time you go in. And it's the judge making the decision. So it's another reason to appeal to if there's any discrepancies or any case law we could find. And the good thing about this, that's another thing I didn't want to put my family through it and the headache of the money and spending a week or two in D.C. This just gets straight to the point. The government doesn't call witnesses. I don't call witnesses. Uh, we bypass jury selection, which usually takes a day and a half or so. And instead of a four day, five day trial, we end up just doing a one full day long trial. OK. And what what is the maximum amount of years that you're looking at here? Well, I'll tell you the truth, with all the charges, it's 28 years. Just along the felony, the obstruction of justice carries a max of 20 years. But like I tell the government, I keep telling everyone, I know they don't like to hear this. When I went into Baghdad, into the Saddam's presidential palace, with full battle rattle, weapon, everything, uh, apparently I got a medal for that, but I come peacefully to protest. In the capital, I face now 28 years. Something seriously wrong with this country if people don't see that. Seriously wrong. You are a protector of uh, the American citizenry, not a terrorist. So, uh, correct. And that's another thing, good point that I wanted to bring out. When I fly on these uh, flights, because I get checked even before I go on the flight again by TSA. 
uh, I don't think these guys understand if something were to happen and I'm not trying to, you know, sound like a tough guy or pump my chest, but it's just embedded in me. I'm going to stand up if there's a real act of terrorism that's about to occur in those planes. And I don't care if the pilot or the guy to my left or right is a Democrat or what their background is. I don't really care. At the end of the day, I'm going to protect lives. And that's what I've been taught to do. I'm not there to destroy or hurt anybody. I could assure you that no matter, even if the country has turned its back on me, I'm, I still love this country. I pray for it every day and will continue to, to fight for this country. And I just want to say not physically, because I know FBI listens into all this and they take things to a whole different level with words and like editing and mixing stuff up. They sure do. Can't be trusted anymore. Unfortunately. Um, is there anything else that you'd like people to know? Yeah, if you can, please watch uh, the state police or the one about the Sazu that he just came out with that movie. And, mm, and it's state. really good. Police state. Right. Correct. Yes. Yeah, I saw it. And let me tell you, it's it hits home. And you could definitely see what a lot of Americans are going through, not just J6ers, but moms and dads across the community. And pretty much anybody that stands up, even our religious beliefs are in jeopardy. School boards, you know, standing up to the school boards and pretty much even for abortions and all that. And it's pretty sad how, how we get put on these watch lists and treated as MAGA terrorists, like they like to call us. Yeah, I just read that there, the police state DVD was denied from Amazon and Walmart. Of so course. It's it rumble. To watch Go to Rumble. Yes, and support uh, makes great movies and definitely has her back. That's one thing I could say. Uh, another thing, like I keep mentioning, continue to call Congress, your senator, uh, write a letter, get involved. Uh, it goes a long way, especially when you're locked up, just the attention. Um, and just do as much as you can. Share the story with your neighbors. A lot of people don't even know what's going on with J6. Even my own mom, I watched the movie with me and she couldn't believe a lot of stuff that's going on just mm -hmm. uh, across the country. There's a lot of people that need to be woken up. That's right. Uh, I think things are going to have to slide a little farther before some of these people really wake up because they're just going from their nine to five or whatever their work schedule is. And I understand that, right? I understand how we came so far from being involved in politics, but, um, you know, politics hit home for me as a police officer. It came to my work. I didn't seek it out. And then I started to realize the inner mechanisms of what's going on. And I really hope that things don't get even worse to, I mean, where more people are experiencing what you've experienced, because that is a travesty of justice uh, right there. Um, if you guys can help out Captain Gabriel Garcia, it's givesengo.com slash Captain Gabriel Garcia. So three children and uh, your girlfriend and your mother that you're very close to. That's your family unit. And Correct. so people, a lot of times, you know, I've spent some time with the J6 community and even seeing, you know, with Jeremy, it's just when you're gone and it's just this void, you know, that the family's can't fill, you're far away. And it's just, it's very difficult and so I, I hope that it, I hope the best things come to you on the 20th. I hope that um, it's not guilties all across the board. I'm going to pray for it. Thank and you. I encourage other people to do so also. And I hope people wake up because you can see that this man is telling the truth and what he's going through again is a travesty of justice. We should not make, the process, the punishment, especially for nonviolent, nonviolent crimes, if you even want to call them that. Uh, and I just want to make sure I echo this. Uh, I have no no hatred towards anybody in my case or anything like that. I, I even pray for the judge and the prosecutor. Um, I just hope everything goes the right way like it should. And at the end of the day, like I said, I love my country. I see us all as Americans and and I just want us to prosper and continue the, to be the best that we can. Cause I mean, my kids are going to have to grow up in this country and their kids. And I just want a better future 
for everybody. Mm. Yeah, well said. Okay, Captain, if, if there's uh, if there's not anything else, then um, we'll move on. And I look forward to getting those uh, documents from you, so and, and I'll slide them into our conversation. Sounds good. I'll send that over to you. Okay. Thank you very much for being here and for telling your story. And again, I'm just going to say this one more time. I hope that on the 20th, truth and justice prevail in that courtroom. So thank you. Thank you, thank you very much for being here. Thanks for listening to the Fusion Cell. Uh, again, if you can help him, it's givesengo.com slash Captain Gabriel Garcia. And we will be following up after November 20th to, to see what's happened there. Thanks for watching. World domination, same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day. birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth it was a great word